And that's how the theme song goes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Constitutions Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. This is the, if you didn't know, this is the premiere podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. It's a website. Go there. I think I read that part. <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing is because I tried to be fancy and set the recording from the laptop and on the keyboard, but it didn't work the first time, nor did it work the second or third time. And now we are here in this conversation. It's not really a conversation. It's one-sided. Is it a conversation if it's one-sided? It's more like I'm talking at you. I want you to I want you to feel if you if you want. I want you to feel like you can respond to me at any point. Not over Twitter, not over Facebook, not even in the comments of the podcast feed if that's a thing. I want you to go ahead and say start talking. Just start talking. Just talk to me as if I'm talking to you there, car. All right. So I'll give you some a few canned responses so here's uh, here's uh here's me agreeing with you hmm i agree here's me disagreeing with you hmm i disagree here's me uh, throwing in trying to interject but you're you're interrupting me while i'm trying to interject yeah but oh i understand all right all right fine and there you go i gave i think i feel like i covered every good aspect of a conversation that every that somebody needs to do so you're welcome for doing that, and thank you for allowing me to have this conversation with you. Anyway, this is not what the Constitutional is about. This is a uh, podcast about uh, we we just we get in here. I say some dumb things. I try to make it a statement, and that's what the Constitutionals are. And so now, let's move on <laughs> to the first statement. <laughs> Very good at this, I promise. Really good around this. Uh, <laughs> first up, the uh, Troll Hunters TV show returned to Netflix to much of my... I wasn't surprised. I knew it was coming. I've been waiting for this for weeks. I've been waiting for this for months, ever since the first part. Apparently, these are in parts and not seasons. So ever since the first part was uploaded, nary upon eight months ago. It wasn't a year. It had to be eight months ago because it had to come this year. First part, 26 episodes. Second part is 13 episodes. Apparently, there's a third part. And it's going to be, I assume, 13 episodes because Guillermo del Toro, who created the show, only planned for 52. So I guess they're just going to follow him. But if you don't know, this show is about, it's a, it's on a Netflix, it's a, it's a Guillermo del Toro show. <laughs> Didn't say any of those words right. It's a show about a, uh, a his, it follows the his books. I think he wrote books about this. And it follows a young boy who, who becomes a troll hunter. Trolls exist in this world. And he becomes a troll hunter. Uh, which is really, he's not hunting trolls. He's protecting the trolls that live under his town and the trolls of all over the world. But there are also, there are some evil trolls as there are with any property that Guillermo del Toro does works with del Toro, whatever. So this show is good. It stars uh, Anton Yelchin, rest in peace. Really good. That's apparently at some point there's going to be an event at the end of the second season that his voice changes where his where it just causes his voice to change, uh, I I'm only on episode five because again I watch these shows in piecemeal, so <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. But I wonder who they got to replace. Well, I didn't even look this up. It's not even I don't think it's on the internet, but it probably is on the internet. But I don't even think this. I I haven't even touched the Wikipedia. I haven't touched the IMDb. I haven't even typed in Troll Hunters. <laughs> I just want to be able to watch this and take and be surprised. Cause it's a really fascinating show. It's got a really good story. It's got really good character development. It's, it looks good. DreamWorks, if they if they made this show, this is a DreamWorks show, obviously. The only the only people that make a cartoon uh, for kids on Netflix. Uh, but if they made this show five years ago, it would look like crap. 
at um, I mean, looking at the the our first Dragons show, How to Train Your Dragon show, compared to the How to Train Your Dragon show now, it's like looking at the first How to Train Your Dragon movie, looking at the second How to Train Your Dragon movie. That they're just leagues apart. It doesn't make sense. Uh, but anyway, that's how that's how progress has, is. So this Troll Hunter show, it also has uh, it also has oh god, what is his name? Um, Kelsey Grammer. And has a bunch of other uh, Mark Hamill's in this season as Kelsey Grammer's brother. It's really it's a it's a good show, and I I'd urge you to watch. But they have planned out there's going to be two spinoffs from the show. One's called Three Below, and it's about aliens. And another one's called Oh God, um, I forgot what the other one's called. But anyway, they all take place in um, this place called Arcadia. And it's and uh, you're gonna get it, the other one's about oh crap what is it called um the so the second one is coming in the second one is three below and that one's coming in 2019 or 2018 and then the third one which is called I'm trying to find it wizards and and I guess that's magic and that's coming in 2019 nothing is known about uh, either of these so oh, except for the fact that we got a little trailer from three below. And I assume something's going to happen in the second season, in part two of Troll Hunters, that will hint us into hint us. It'll give us hints into Three Below, which is coming sometime next year. So we'll see about that. I'm very excited. These are both these. I just it's such a good show. Troll Hunters is so good, and I really love it. It's DreamWorks has managed to, and I assume I'll do this as a topic one day. But DreamWorks has managed to stand out. Has really it's really turned the tide on itself. Where in Marvel years ago, uh, before before Disney bought back the rights, oh boy, I'm so angry about that. Uh, but uh, Marvel used to be bank was going bankrupt on the edge of bankruptcy. That's why it sold all of its rights and assets to different studios. We got Sony, we got uh, Fox, we got and then and that's it. That's it. Sony, Fox, and Disney. And then uh, and then now we're here. We are 17 years later, and we have the one company that uh, rules them all, quite literally. It's the biggest studio in the world now in terms of assets and probably money. I don't know. Right up there with Comcast. Who knows? Universal and Comcast. Who knows? I just, I don't know. That's that's a very, uh, I, I'm not a fan of this topic. I don't think that they should have bought Fox like that. And, you know, it, 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 no one cares. No one cares that they're 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 a monopoly now. No one cares except for me and a few business analysts. You know, people are losing their jobs. Ten thousand market analysts say that up to ten thousand people will lose their jobs. You know, across the world because of this, because Fox had studios in Italy and all over the planet and China and stuff like that. So, you know, you it, it just it's <laughs> one studio now owns fifty uh, percent of Hollywood. <laughs> Or I don't know. I'm just making up numbers, but one studio owns a lot of a lot of percent of Hollywood. But it's okay if um, if we can get more Star Wars or uh, more superhero movies. That surely, because the bubble has not popped yet. I think the bubble's popped. I think the bubble popped a long time ago. I would say after the second Avengers movie. I just uh, we just don't. I used to be I used to be a huge fan of these superhero movies, and I'm a guy who likes the DC movies. <laughs> There's just there's just too much right now. It used to be a treat, and now it is an expectation. If I don't get a superhero movie every month, but I I'm not lying. I am looking forward to Black Panther. Can't wait to see that. Not looking forward to Infinity War. Nor am I looking forward to any other movie besides Black Panther. 
I could care less about any of these other superheroes. All I want to see in the superhero forum was the Flash and Black Panther. And baby, we're getting both of those in less than a year. So, oh, no, we already got both of those. They, they've already, but I mean, you know, their own starting roles. So, here we go. Uh, I want to move on to, uh, speaking of movies, I saw Atomic Blonde finally this weekend. I rented it on the Redbox. I got a free rental. And it was great. I, it's it just I, I just dropped a marker on the ground and I tried to pick it up and I had to lean over and stay within the mics uh, situation, the area, the cardioid path of it. I could have changed it, but I didn't want to. Anyway, uh, this is nothing. I don't know why I told you that. But Atomic Blonde is a, a very good. Uh, it's a very good stylized movie. Uh, it's got very good stylized direction. It's John Wick like, mostly because it was directed by somebody who did. John Wick, who co-directed John Wick, and that guy's name is David Leached. Leached. Anyway, it was. It's a really. Charlize Theron did a fantastic job. Phenomenal. He did a really good job. It was, <laughs> but I will say that I did get lost way too many times, mostly because it's a movie that takes place in the Cold War. So anyway, it's a movie about a woman who I whose name is the Atomic Blonde. I honestly do not know her name. And she is on a mission to find out who killed one of her operatives. And she goes to Russia. She's British. She goes to well, <laughs> she goes to Russia and um, and uh, I just ruined half the movie there. She goes to Russia and has to team up with James McAvoy's character. It turns out James McAvoy might be a sleeper agent. This happens halfway through the movie. And um, not sleeper agent. Uh, double agent and then now she has to go find a way to kill him and that's this story uh, there's some other things that happen that are honestly quite confusing so if you can if you can tell me what goes on during that cold war story then go ahead but it's a very it's very beautiful it's a very pretty film and I'm so glad it was made it sucks that it takes place way back in the 80s because that would have been a wonderful time that like if if uh if if it took place now or you know a couple of years ago then she can meet up with John Wick and they could take place in the same universe. Ah oh, man, that's a it was a good it's a it's a it's a I like that movie a lot. I really enjoyed it. John Goodman was in it and uh Bill Skarsgård and then we got Toby Jones and Sophia Butella. Everybody did a good job. I don't know why I put that lilt on her name at the end of her name. Everybody did a good job. I expect to see a sequel uh, especially I want to see Charlize Theron do some more action movies because she was near perfect. And if the Oscars want to give her some type of award for that or the cat, anybody wants to give her some type of award for that, I'm game. And it really makes me think they should have probably put her in Ocean's 8 because she did some great stuff. Also, she could have done this in uh, Fate of the Furious. So she could have done this in Fate of the Furious. That would have been good. That'd be good of her if they if they gave her some action scenes instead of making her basically act in front of a green screen the entire time or act on a set the entire time. She was on an episode of The Orville. Wow, I think she's the executive producer of Mindhunter and Girl Boss. Oh my gosh, Ooh, look at her. She's a busy lady. I really need to pay attention when I do these things. Uh, moving on. Uh, oh, but I well, also I want to say that uh, I wrote this quote down. Uh, when I was thinking about this, even though I said the story is a little bit messy and 
but it still looks beautiful and it's really and it's really good directing. I, I I thought to myself, I continually thought to myself, I'd rather you try to be different and mess up than be simple when directing. So uh, when this Leitch guy, when he's doing Lich Leitch, I don't know, when he's doing his when he's doing his directions and he's doing all these dynamic shots, I don't think the camera stayed still for more than five seconds. Even the static shots, the camera was moving. And I, but I really enjoyed that aspect of the, of the movie. It was a, it's a, it's a, that's a good quality to have. Do something different. Why would you want to be the same director? Who cares if, uh, this, this, then that's the part of the issue with the, um, uh, Marvel movies. They keep giving these, while I would love to have a hand at a, a big old blockbuster film, but they keep giving these, younger indie directors and then I'd be younger these indie directors people who have literally only done indie movies or they've done one movie they give these movies these big blockbuster movies to these young to these smaller guys and then it just it's not even it's not even memorable directing it's just point and shoot you know it's something that you can that that if I had if I had the chance to do it I would do the exact same thing you got to get some you got to get some weight under your belt you don't want to send you don't want to send some kid uh some kid from high school to go up against LeBron James immediately doesn't make sense. No, you want to you want to get that kid to play college ball, and then you want to get him to go and uh, into a, with a team and and train with them in the NBA, and then move on and and play uh, play against LeBron. You don't want to you want to build up to it. You don't want to just throw him in immediately. Anyway, I, I also saw Angry Goes West. It was a double feature I had on a Saturday night. Uh, Ingrid Goes West is about Aubrey Plaza, who's a real, I don't want to say crazy or nut job, but she, she is, is a nut job. Uh, basically, at the beginning of the movie, find she was obsessed with this girl and wants her to be your best friend. Uh, and she keeps liking all the Instagram posts. She likes everybody in Instagram posts, which is scary. And it's so, this movie is so real. Um, but I say that without any sarcasm at all. So she goes so the girl says is before the movie starts she says she doesn't want to be friends anymore that she's weird she's creepy uh, Aubrey gets jealous goes to her wedding and punches the girl Aubrey gets sent to a, a facility where they just try to get the crazy out of her nut job out of her sorry and uh, never call a woman crazy and then and then she gets obsessed with another Another girl, but this time this girl is Elizabeth Olsen, and she's Instagram famous, whatever that means. She has 295,000 followers, and she starts – so so Aubrey Plaza moves to California to find this girl, to find this woman. It's so weird. It's so crazy. It sounds so true. And she stalks her Instagram, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen posts, and Aubrey will go to those places and read the books and buy the clothes and stuff like that, and – yeah, it's just so creepy. And then they become friends <laughs> for for a, for a, a large part of the movie. They become friends, and and then something happens where she gets pushed away, and then Aubrey loses it, and she goes crazy. And it's just such. It is. It's um. There are only there are only I would say three properties in the world that I watched, and I thought I can't do this. This is too awkward and it hurts me and it hurts my body to watch it it's uh this movie hello ladies the tv show and the tv movie and uh gone girl gone girl just tightened my sphincter right up oh my god but 
it's very Ingrid Goes West is very reminiscent of of Hello Ladies because the 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 weird awkward antisocial things that Stephen Merchant did on that show he it's it kind of correlates with what Aubrey Plaza is doing on Ingrid Goes West and but but the thing is they both they're both so real so for Ingrid Goes West there I can I know there's people out there who are probably listening to this, though, of the six of you, <laughs> of the six of you that listen to this, there's probably one of you that just continually scrolls through Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, and you like everything, and you retweet everything, you're just obsessed, and you follow these other people, and you, and it's just such a scary, it's a, it's a warning message of don't post on the internet too much. It's, uh, God, it's so, I urge you to watch that. It's such a wonderful film. I loved it so much. One day I'll, I will uh, review it. <laughs> One day, <laughs> hopefully this week. Um, speaking of reviews, Amazon passed on all three of the pilots, the recent pilots for fall 2017. It was Sea Oak and something with Big Bridget Everett and uh, another one. Sea Oak has uh, Glenn Close in it. And they're all comedies and it sucks because they're all well received. And I was, I was planning on watching them and reviewing them, but now I can't because they pass on all of them. So I blame that on Roy Price for being such a sexual deviant. <laughs> Maybe those shows would have lived. It's not funny. This is terrible. Uh, and finally, I saw The uh, Disaster Artist today, alone in a theater. It was great. I didn't know that AMC did tickets that were less than $10. It was wonderful. I had to go to AMC because it's the only place that's playing it. But paid seven fifty for tickets. Great. Wonderful. I showed up. There were maybe four of the people in the theater, one guy by himself, like me, and then a couple. And it was, we all had a, a wonderful time. We all sat on different corners of the theater. I sat up front because I don't want to deal with people. <laughs> and then they sat behind me. It's one of those dining theaters. And I quickly said, I don't want your food. I have my own snacks that I tried to hide bef- so before the movie started. <laughs> But I really like the disaster artist. I know I spoke about it last week. Uh, James Franco did a phenomenal job as Tommy Wiseau. It was great to see this movie unfold. Uh, a lot of things happened that are very funny. A lot of people were in it. Uh, Paul Shear, Seth Rogen, June, Paul Shear's wife, June Diane Raphael, and then uh, Jason Manzukis. All of the How Does How Did This Get Made crew was there. Uh, let's see. Randall Park was in it for half a second. Hannibal Burris. And uh, uh, Ari Grainer, Gainer, whatever her last name is. Anyway, they they all everybody did such a wonderful job. There were more people than that, but everybody did such a wonderful job. It's such a funny movie, and it's such a heartwarming and endearing movie. Even though it was, it was kind of weird to see this movie that is supposed to be a cult hit be made. And I don't, I don't, I don't plan on seeing it. I don't want to see it. Still, I don't care. Anyway, it was good. I had a good time watching it. And then uh, finally, I want to talk about big uh, what common what what kind of accommodates. <laughs> Why did I write that? What connotates a uh, a limited a limited series in today's world? So, as you know, two weeks ago, Big Little Lies was renewed December thirteenth. When was that? That was last week. Okay, <laughs> last week, Big Little Lies was renewed for a second season. And uh, there are now in today's world, uh, a lot of the shows are meant a lot of a lot of networks are taking their their chances with limited run series. So for HBO, it was uh, Big Little Lies, of course, and True Detective. There's both supposed to be limited series, but now they both have second seasons for FX. It was Fargo for ABC. It was American Crime. Well, that's an anthology series. But anyway, limited run series nonetheless. So it's it's very 
when you when you first hear that a limited series limited run series is getting a second season you think well doesn't that make it a regular tv show then and the answer is to me yes to uh the creator of big little lies david e kelly he's he's no it's a limited series and so uh, what I'm guessing is that this second season, or maybe even possibly the third season, is going to be the final season. Why do we need a second season? Why can't something just live and be itself for the seven episodes that it's on? Well, as with the big little first season of Big Little Lies, it was wonderful. It was it really harkened back to Desperate Housewives, and which is a show that I love. So I love both of these things, and it just doesn't make sense that they. And so, so the the issue is that before the no the golden globe nominations went up so this is so the golden globe nominations go up maybe december 11th or 12th turns out that and and uh, big little lies is put up as a limited series and they get and they get the nomination for limited series then the couple of days later the, the december 13th it gets renewed the show gets renewed so for a second season and now people are up in arms so it does make sense to be angry about it but i mean they apparently hbo didn't know apparently the deal was in talks since summer but hbo didn't know david e kelly didn't know that they said hey if the talks break down we're gonna put it up this is the word of them you know we we can only surmise as to how they were really how the discussions really went down so yeah yeah i mean is it a limited series sure why not but you know, if the second season, when it comes, we don't know if it's coming next year. We don't know if it's coming in 2019. When it does come, eventually, we don't know if it's going to be the last one or not. It could be. could not be. We'll see. Um, but the Hollywood Foreign Press uh, apparently lists only two guidelines for a limited series. And it has, and here it is. This is from The Hollywood Reporter from an interview with David E. Kelly. Uh, this is a, for the preamble from the interview with David Kelly. It says uh, that it'd be two or more episodes with a total running time of at least 150 program minutes. And like Oliver Kitteridge, that was three episodes long. I think they're all 90 minutes each. Uh, or like the uh, Band of Brothers. These are all HBO shows. Um, or uh, Show Me a Hero. God, I can't believe I thought about that show. Oh, that show was like three years ago. And that it tell a complete non-recurring story. So that means it has to tell, every episode has to be a part of the bigger picture. So that means when the seven episodes of Big Little Lies dropped, it had they all had to be the same story about uh, the this murder in this suburban uh, town. So the uh, they continue on to say that the first season meets both of those. And so that's the only reason why Big Little Lies was accepted into the Golden Globe nominations. That's why I got six nominations. And uh, and only half are technically fall into the limited category races. All right, Hollywood Report. Who wrote this? The, I think it's very important to know the, to the, know the authors of most things. Uh, Michael O'Connell. All right, Michael O'Connell. You slow, slow your roll there, buddy boy. Oh, God, but I, I really do like Big Little Lies, and I really I I'm excited to see it come back for the second season. It's just going to be very strange. To I mean, do we really need it? Do we really need it? You know, just like True Detective, the first season was uh I would I'm not going to say masterpiece, but it was really good. But then the second season, kind of it hit a lot of snags, and I'm not one of those people again who hates everything. I I enjoyed it. I watched it all the way through. I watched it every Sunday night, and. 
yeah, I mean, I noticed there was a, a slump, but who cares? It's a, it's a show that is trying it, it tried to live up to the hype of the first season. So and 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 honestly, that's that could be what happened with uh, with Big Little Lies, and that and this because that's what happened with Veep when uh, what's his face left the uh, the creator of the show. I can't think of his name. Oh my god, I don't even know his name. Veep creator. Let's see. Uh, when uh, Armando Iannucci left, that show became kind of a not a husk of what it was but it it was it was like you're playing a third person game like i'm playing gears of war 4 right now uh, and so so stupid and so you're kind of experiencing the story as an outsider rather than being a part of the story in the first few seasons that was on the air same thing for i had the show in my head i can't even think about it right now i had a different show in my head it's very late and i sh- it's very late and i didn't get a chance to record this episode of news time because i was typing up an interview with matt eisman the host of the tv show american ninja warrior and hey well if you want to listen to that if you want to listen to a clip of that uh, you can check out the ending of this podcast <laughs> the last few minutes of this podcast if and also if you want to just read the entire interview because i don't put up the entire uh, episode the entire sound clip <laughs> what uh, of me re- interviewing people because there's just a lot of candid talking in there then you can Go ahead and uh, by the time this podcast is up, you can head to the website www.cpluscomedy.com for the latest news, reviews, features, and interviews like the Matt Eisman interview that I'm doing. It'll be up. It'll be up by the time this podcast is up. So hopefully we'll see. I've already typed in the interview. I sent it to the, his people. They're going to look it over and then I'm going to type in the description and then get it on out of here. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at cpluscomedy. Follow me on Twitter at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. You can head to the youtube.com slash cpluscomedy where we are putting up the uh, last few episodes of news time for the year. And uh, oh, shoot. I was supposed to talk about <laughs> writing <laughs> news time and up here okay so here's what happened i uh for news time for the last three weeks of news time what i did last year was i decided to get to cut all the bloopers out of because i mess up a lot i cut to cut all the bloopers out of the episodes um and so what i do is i edit the episodes and if i mess up i always and if it's funny to me then i save the i save it and i call it a bloopy and i put it in a special folder marked bloopies and so throughout the year i build that up i make 50 some odd episodes of news time including the intros so i i make 50 uh, episodes of news time and then uh for, there's probably a, a blooper from i would say every other episode so maybe there well now there's a lot there's a lot of bloopers though so in total i think there were maybe 60 or 70 bloopers i cut that i whittled that down most of the time to you know uh, 50 bloopers i split those up between two videos and now each video is probably 10 to 15 minutes in length and it's just me messing up it's just it, it, news time is a very clean show and so is this show and not very clean but you know news time tries to be as clean as it, as it can be but uh it just comes with the subject matter but when but when i do mess up i curse a lot so go ahead and watch that it's it's really funny i really do enjoy all of it uh, there's some stuff from uh, when greg messed up as well so there's that and then there's also some stuff from the 150th episode where i was interviewing myself so there there was a, including that episode i guess there's four episodes of news time that don't have to do with anything about comedy news or news in general it's just me just trying weird stuff so 
Go ahead and go watch that. The first part is up right now. Next week will be an episode about me counting down my favorite comedy things of the year. My I call it a plus five, uh, which is a recommendation thing. And then uh, the second part of the bloopers, bloopy special will be up on January 1st. I will not stop. I will not stop because it's Christmas and New Year's. I will have to get these things made or else I will die. Uh, so go ahead and watch all three of those videos. And then we'll be back to a regular news time coverage. I already have it planned out. I actually already have it written out, too. It's one of those episodes I was writing out when uh, my friends ditched me when they were supposed to shoot news time for me. And then I had to stop in the middle of writing it because I realized that it was too it was it was it would be uh, better to have that episode premiere on the day that the thing happens. So go ahead and watch the bloopy and get ready for morning time. Anyway, stick stick to the end of this podcast for Matt Eisman, just a clip of it, just a clip. And he's the host of uh, American Ninja Warrior. He's a host of Home and well, he's a co-host on Home and Family on Hallmark Channel. And he does uh, standing up comedy, and that's what we talked about. He's a really nice guy, and he was really excited to talk to me about comedy. Uh, he even told me that, and that's the reason why I know that. And uh, it was great, and it was funny, and uh, we have a mutual acquaintance in, in Jimmy Pardo. He knows Jimmy Pardo. I met Jimmy Pardo. <laughs> that's how we. That's how we're connected. I met Jimmy Pardo once, and and I embarrassed myself. <laughs> okay, all right, bye. Now, you say you hate traveling, but you have suddenly found uh, an interest in airports with Don't Embarrass Me and being yeah, able to make an ass yeah. of yourself. Yes. So, you know, that was one of the coolest things about it was Matt Lodges is one of my dear friends. And whenever, whenever we were together, we would just, we're just constantly, you know, two brothers, busting, busting balls, trying to make each other laugh, trying to embarrass each other. And one of the cool things with technology is he's in Nashville. He's flying a lot. I'm in L.A. I'm flying a lot. But with Instagram, now they allow this conversation where you can have two people on. And we just had the idea of this is what we would be doing if we were together. Why not do this to make the time go by to just embarrass each other and have fun? And it's one of those things where I, I think, um, you know, when you try to come up with something clever or to come up with the next idea... To me, you know, when people say, "What, you know, how do you come up with the show?" I'm like, "Do something that you want to do, and that you that makes you laugh." Uh, because I think, you know, if you try to be too clever or something, that people sense it. Like Rogers and I, I don't care if nobody watches that. Him making me do ridiculous things or vice versa, I'm having a blast. So whether anyone's watching or not. It's a great time. It's a great way to pass the time. But then I'm at my shows, and, you know, one of the things was they yelled out Dilly Dilly. He was like, you got to yell Dilly Dilly to 10 people and get them to respond. <laughs> and so at the show, people started yelling out Dilly Dilly to me. I'm like, oh, people actually watch this stuff. <laughs> and so it's, it's amazing to me as I look at it. Social media is such a, such a tool for comedians. And it can be, you know, again... You can lose your job with it, but at the same time, you know, you can be so creative where you can reach your crowd in ways that were never possible before. Now, uh, obviously with, you know, billions of people on, it's so hard to stand out. But at the same time, it's also where you can get so much experience because I think so often in comedy, we're fighting for stage time, we're fighting for an audience. You can go online and Facebook and have an audience 
at four in the morning. And it might be three people, but you're performing. And, and I find that, honestly, sometimes I was talking to my buddy, TJ Walsh, one of my dearest friends. We were in San Antonio, and I was tired. We've been doing press all day. And uh, I just jumped on Facebook right before the show. And it's just like that sense of, hey, people are watching. You're performing. And it just got me into that space. Like we talk about when you go on stage, you want to be in that space, that space where you are your your best self, your funniest self, your most creative self, where you're, you have something you want to say. And it was it's a fun way to be able to use this technology to reach people and at the same time get you into your state where you're like, I'm ready to take the stage and have a, have a blast. 